Welcome to Storytelling with Lindsay Bednar. So, as I was saying, I cannot uh, do fake nails for a while, and I don't think they've ever been this stubby before. Oh my gosh. It, doesn't it just make you feel like out of place in a way? It does, and I have a guy friend who has called me man hand since I was a kid because I have super <laughs> big, I have size 11 feet. What what size are your I feet? am size 11 as well too. That's okay. so funny. Yep. You're going to have to tell me your shoes later. No. Uh, <laughs> I guarantee they're not like your shoes. I'm like okay. sporty, a couple heels, but I feel like after 2020, most of my heels I've retired. Yeah, definitely. No yeah. more. Stay I know. I might need to borrow your shoes though. Yeah? But, yeah. I've got quite the collection. I was going to say, I need to find something that I can do to organize them. Mm. Right now, this is kind of funny. In my dressing room, I have them in just like a cup foods box and they're all just like piled up in the oh, corner that's right my now. Style. I'm like, oh, you love that. I yeah. mean, that, that, that is how I would, or I would love something to be super organized, but right. I'm like, put it in a box. We have the pull-out bins in our back hall for all the shoes. Sure. It drives me nuts, but it gets them out of the way. Yeah, definitely. So that's the extent of my organization. If I had the opportunity to have someone clean the house, I would definitely do that because I know you mentioned that earlier and I was like... Game changer. Yeah, it is. And I'm all about delegating things that I'm not good at and don't particularly enjoy to somebody who's very skilled in it, who's efficient, (laughs) and she like she's so efficient. It's insane. How long does it take her to clean the house? Three hours, and it would take me probably a weekend. I was going to say like two weeks, probably. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, top to bottom, scrubbing the showers, scrubbing all the floors. She wipes Fozzie's drool off the walls. It's insane. Oh, cute. Yeah, I don't... mm -mm, That's too detailed for me. I I would say maybe the counters, that's probably it. Right. Very, like very maternal in the loving on my kids and physical touch and mommy way, but as far as like keeping a, up a house, typical uh, mom, that's not my jam. No, definitely. Yeah. I, I agree totally. Well, it's lived in. And that's what I have to remind myself a lot of the time is this is where I live. Mm-hmm. And so instead of coming home to a clean house and like a home cooked meal and all that, I would rather just sit on the couch and eat McDonald's. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. And yeah. And have a house that's actually, yes, lived in. It shows the signs of all the love and the activity that's poured into Correct. it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Well, very cool. I love that. I've been wanting to connect with you for a while. Certainly. I mean, it was, what, 10 years ago when we first met? I, Whitney was a baby, I think. Baby, baby. Yes. Yeah. 10 years ago. That's so crazy. I know. And what a small world and all the connections that we had as well, too. I think that's just so cool. So cool. And I've been following your journey, and yeah. I know some of it, but for sure not the extent of it. And I want you to take me back to... D as a little kid. I want you to rewind, go back, paint me a picture. Definitely. I would love to talk about that. See, when I was younger, a lot of people go through a a phase in their life where curiosity is something that's at the front of their head always, as far as like being able to try on different wardrobes or play around with different like genders and not even realizing it as well too, if you know what I mean, as far as like, mm-hmm. just like, I think this is normal for everyone to kind of play around with that because if you don't have that opportunity, there's no way to kind of realize or figure out who you are in this world. And so I did a lot of that kind of stuff as well too. I played around in my mom's closet as normal and whatnot. And 
I did a lot of like dress up and things like that as well around the house. And it was super cool because I was always an outgoing child and I always Mm -hmm. loved like musicals and like singing and dancing. And so when I got to the age of, I want to say it was like three years old, my grandparents had purchased a karaoke machine for me and I used my parents' pool table in the basement to create my shows and dance and sing and all of this great stuff. And so I kind of like used that as kind of like a platform for myself to kind of just be who I am. And they let me do my thing. And I thought that that was the most amazing thing ever because so many people Mm -hmm. out there could just slap the the kid's hand and just kind of, well, that's not really normal. That's really nothing that I think is really appropriate for you to do. I fortunately had the opportunity of living in a household where my parents were very, very, very supportive. Mm, That's amazing. Yeah. And so a couple of years later, I kind of came into myself and realized that the high heel fascination and dressing up and everything that I had for myself wasn't really going away. And what I mean by that is it started to become a lifestyle for me. So I would wear a lot of pink. I would wear a lot of high-heeled shoes or even like little flip-flops and stuff like that. And slowly it came into my life where I would wear that stuff to school or I would wear that out in public. And I was never questioned. I mean, maybe once or twice, but when you think about kids in elementary school, they're really not right versed on that kind of stuff and so they just kind of said what they did and i ignored it kids did make comments sometimes to you when you're in elementary school or they did make some comments like why are you have your nails painted okay why do you have pink heels or why do you have why do you dress the way you dress and Mm -hmm. i mean i kind of just blew it off i was very independent when i was younger as well too and i just kind of did things for myself because i didn't want to worry about that confrontation with other people. And so I just kind of stayed in my lane with all of that. And so the next couple years, I found myself as a gymnast and I kind of used that as another platform to be very independent and just kind of do my own thing. And I did that for about seven years. And for somebody who was trying to find themselves, I think it's very funny that I went into such a masculine sport. But when I did start going to gymnastics and I started that that journey and that next step in my life, I didn't realize that when I signed up for this, I had to be a part of the boys' team. I was going to say, because when I think of gymnastics, I typically think of girls. Yeah. I mean, my grandpa was a gymnast way back when, but other than that, most gymnasts I know are female. Sure. And so I would have thought that would have been a, a world that was very comfortable for you. So there was a boys gymnast team that you had to be on then. Correct. And so I joined the men's team, which was a little bit more uncomfortable at first. And I didn't realize, I think I was kind of upset that I wasn't going to be a part of like the girls gymnastics team. And like you were saying, yeah, I think that there are a lot more female gymnasts than there are male gymnasts. With that being said, they have a bigger team and there's a little bit more for them to offer, I feel like. And so Being upset was probably the best way of describing it. Mm -hmm. I didn't let myself go from that, for instance, and I stuck with it. And I think that it was super important to be a little bit more athletic. And I really had a lot of good friends who supported me and really appreciated me for who I was an individual. I had longer hair. I had maybe a little bit more of a feminine side. And they didn't really question or 
say much about that. I think a lot of them kind of kept it to themselves instead of coming and saying anything to me, which made it very easy to be a part of all of those people's lives as well. And even when we would go out and do like our competitions and things like that, we would always be together as a group and we would always be there with one another. And it was kind of like a family. So that really helped as well too. So the boys you felt even accepted by, even though you would have preferred to be in the group with the females because that's who you resonated with. Correct. Yeah, definitely. That's positive. They were accepting and very much so. I think it's definitely trickier to see somebody who is a little bit more feminine kind of in a group that isn't maybe so normal Mm -hmm. to some people. But I did that for seven years and I think it just came time to being done with it. We kind of all went on our separate ways. Mm -hmm. I was going from middle school to high school at the time and I was just ready to kind of be done with that chapter of my life. And so my next thing, which I kind of got myself into, and I really appreciate my mother for helping me with this, and it was very tricky. Middle school came around and they had open auditions for a musical. And so I went and I auditioned for it. I was super nervous and it was right before I was going to Florida. So I actually got to do kind of like a mini audition with just like the director one-on-one because they were holding auditions the week we were going to be in Florida. Oh, cool. And so I went in there and I was all ready to do what I needed to do. And I got casted in this show, which I was very, very honored and super excited to be a part of. And then I was talking with the director And he goes, we have a little bit of a situation. And I said, okay, what's going on? And he said, our lead has stepped out of the show and we don't have anybody to fulfill that role. Are you able to step up and take that on? And I froze for a second. I was like, this is my first show. This is my first everything. Like, I don't know, like, what I'm doing right now. And so I said, yeah, sure, I'll do it. And it was definitely a lot. It was a lot of memorizing of lines, rehearsal, and I I really struggle with comprehension and just kind of taking all of that in and remembering it. First of all, having to memorize the lines and then not just deliver them on stage, but to do it in in all the dramatic formats that you do, I'm... Yeah, that's out of my wheelhouse. Um, (laughs) So big props. But as soon as you said they offered you the lead, my first question was going to be, was it a female part or a male part? That's a really good question. And it was a male part. Okay. It was. And I was okay with that because I don't think I was completely out at that time in my life. Sure. Um, A lot of people had seen more of the feminine side of myself. And I think it was after that time I was kind of closeted for myself and I I almost did it on purpose just because when that was all finished going into high school, I know things get to be a little bit more rowdier and things get to be a little bit harder and tougher with some of those people as well, too, just because they're so opinionated and there's so many of them who I just didn't trust. Mm -hmm. And so I kind of did my own thing. I started growing my hair out, wearing a lot more feminine clothing, but I didn't really interact with much of the people in high school. And I did it on purpose, like I was saying, because I didn't want the repercussion of somebody to say something. Sure. And so at my high school graduation, I was in full makeup and hair and very feminine looking clothes, super cute sandals. And I felt very much so at home. And so proceeding with that, I moved on. It was funny because I never came out as gay when I was younger. I really kind of just owned who I was. Mm -hmm. And during that time too, it was funny because my mom would stand in the bathroom with me and there'd be moments where she'd look at me 
And she would ask me questions along the lines of, when you look in the mirror, who do you see? And, of course, my sarcastic ass kind of just was like, I see myself. Like, this is me. Like, what are you talking about? Like, I don't see anything wrong. And she'd go, okay, move on. And I think it'd be like a week later, we'd be there in the same situation. And she'd go, who do you see when you look in the mirror? Mom, why do you ask me these questions? I just don't understand. And I was like, I see myself. Yeah. And I think it was her way of kind of trying to get more information out of me as far as like, are you transgender? Are you somewhere on the LGBT spectrum? And I'm just trying to help navigate that and whatnot. And so it was kind of cool that she did that. But at the time, I really was kind of stuck in, I'm just a really feminine gay guy at the time. Mm -hmm. And things came around where I had graduated. I had started performing out in... Minneapolis at some of the local clubs and bars and got my start with the drag scene. Mm -hmm. And that's when I came out, came out. And it was very hard for me because I struggle with talking to my parents as far as like conversations that may be very tricky to have or just like uncomfortable maybe. And so what I did is I changed my name on Facebook. And I didn't tell anybody that I had done this. Oh, you didn't You didn't tell your parents or anybody yet? No. Oh. And so when I changed it, My dad came up to me and he goes, I see that you changed your name on Facebook. Is that what you're going as? Or is this like a name for yourself as far as like your drag persona that you have? And I go, no, this is who I am. And this is what I would like to go by. And he kind of got quiet and didn't really know how to proceed with that. And I had a conversation with them saying my pronouns are she, her, and that's kind of how I identify. And this is where I want to go with my life. I feel very much so... I am a woman at heart, and I want that to show on the outside as well, too. I proceeded with just day-to-day life and living as a woman pre-transition. So I had a conversation with my dad and my mom later. I think it was a couple months later. And just kind of told them that this is how I've been feeling for a while. I think it was my way of being comfortable with showing the world who I am and for them to see it and ask questions instead of go up to them and talking about it openly. Sure. You know yep. what I mean? It was a little bit more of an easier... You gave them a window yeah. you know, first. Mm-hmm. And so after all of that, my dad goes and we had a little bit of a conversation and he says, I really wish that you would have came up to me and talked to me about this versus putting something like that on Facebook. And I said... Yeah, I probably should have done something like that. And he goes, there's so many things that you can do in this world to communicate. You could have wrote us a note. You could have taken the time to just text us. You could have, um, whatever it is, Mm -hmm. you didn't have to verbally come up to us and tell us this is how you're feeling. And in that moment, I really kind of took a step back and I said, yeah, I really feel that I didn't have them involved as much as I really should have. And I felt bad and apologized for all of that as well, too. But I don't think there's I no have script, it. you know, there's no there really isn't. Yeah. And so that's just kind of how I felt and proceeded with everything. Yeah. And things have obviously, obviously been a lot better as far as like that communication goes with your parents. And I think it's super important because if I wouldn't have, I don't know how supportive they would have been too. And I don't think that they wouldn't have been supportive, but it would have been a lot easier for them to have understood. Right. For sure. So before all of this, when you were in high school, were there dances that you went to? Did you have dates? Were you dating anybody in high school? Throughout high school, I really focused on myself and I didn't have a lot of friends. I found myself in theater and I did theater and I found like a little group of friends 
within the theater department that really made it easy for me to kind of have friends in high school. Mm-hmm. Most of them were older than I was. And so it was hard to see them go as like the years went on and they graduated and I moved forward and didn't have those people that I really started off my freshman year with. And so that was tricky. Mm-hmm. When it comes to like a lot of like dances and school gatherings, I really didn't pay much attention to that. I didn't want myself to be involved in anything like that. And so if there was a dance or if there was something, I wouldn't go. Okay. I just, I I didn't find that I had a place there. I didn't want to dance and have fun in high school like maybe everybody else did. I knew my life was going to start after high school. And so I kind Mm. of waited for that to happen. So I didn't really do a lot with activities and different Mm -hmm. things. I know like they do a lot of homecoming and like, pet fests and things like that. And I just kind of sat by myself and enjoyed the show, went to my first class after all of that was done. It was hard sometimes too, because during the year when you'd have lunch, every single day you have lunch. And I think that's one of the biggest scares for a lot of people who may be closeted or are a little bit more closer to themselves and don't really have like the capability of reaching out to other friends. Mm -hmm. So I do a lot of things like sitting by myself at lunch, or I would just kind of take the time to just do my own thing or maybe not eat or just, it was just very difficult Mm. to be around a lot of that kind of stuff. Yeah. And so I didn't. You're such a kind soul and you've always been outgoing. So I'm, I'm trying to picture you like not being surrounded by a bunch of people. Isn't that funny? Yeah. Yeah. I'm like you said, very outgoing and I love being around people, but I choose the people that I want to be around. And I knew that a lot of these people were probably going to go to different States for college. And I didn't really have the opportunity of wanting to be around any of these people. Cause I think my maturity level was a lot higher and there's so many people out there as well who Refer to me as like an old soul. Mm-hmm. You I are. love like my 80s music or like mm-hmm. a lot of, I don't even know how you'd describe it, terminologies that have been used before my time. And I'm just like, I feel like I've been here before. I guarantee this is not your first go around. You of, know what I yeah. mean? And okay, so how old are you now? I am 23. 23 now. Isn't that crazy? 23. I'm I know. 23. I did not have this wherewithal or, yeah, that's amazing. You've always been super mature for your age. I appreciate that. Definitely. It is a little bit of a struggle bus sometimes because I think there are a lot of people who are very driven on wealth and money and they have a really good understanding of all of that. Thank God my partner does because I'm not too well versed on that, but I definitely have the communication skills and to Mm. be around the people and introduce other people to one another and all of that kind of stuff. So it makes it perfect For the two of us to be together in that sense. You know what I mean? So I don't have to really worry about that kind of stuff because my smarts aren't really book smart, maybe more street (laughs) smart. (laughs) And you're in a relationship now. Yes, I am. And this is the longest relationship that I've ever been in my entire life. And I am with my partner of almost five years. And so being with someone who I can share a life with and share so many things that are so similar, like-minded as far as like, we're both part of the LGBT community. We are both trans. And I think that that is so special because I don't see a lot of trans couples out there Mm. as much as I would like to, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I think there's a lot of people who may be trans or maybe a lesbian or bisexual. There's just different categories and so many things within this spectrum that I just think is so cool. Yeah. And so I'm very fortunate and very glad 
to have him in my life because he's been through it before. I feel he's an old soul as well, too. And so we're able to connect. You know what I'm saying? So he's female to male. That is correct. Yeah. When you met, was he, had he transitioned or? So when he and I had met, he had already transitioned and it was super cool because he had been transitioning for four years medically. And after we, we were together, I want to say it was about a year and I made my first appointment to go and start hormone therapy. And so the HRT is the hormone replacement therapy that I started and they prescribe to you what is called a testosterone blocker. So it blocks all of like the testosterone that is produced in the body and then also an estrogen tablet as well too. So that you take the both of those and the feminine features just come throughout the next four years. So it's almost like two puberties, one after the other. And it was very crazy to to think about going through a different transition in that sense. How did it feel as compared to puberty as a boy? Sure. Younger? I think that was a lot easier. Mm-hmm. Definitely a lot easier for sure. Um, going through puberty as a female is very, very, very difficult on the mind and the body. And it's very, very tricky because there's so many body modifications that come with it that you can physically see versus when you're going through puberty as a male. It's right. just kind of like little changes here and there. You know what I mean? Yep. Um, so when I went through this, it was a lot of ups and downs with emotional stuff that I wasn't prepared for. I was also going through therapy at the time, not specifically for my transition, but just for like anxiety and depression in general, just to kind of help manage with all of that. Cause I thought it was super important to have that in my life mm-hmm. and have that other person that I can use as kind of a sounding board. And that's just kind of where, where things have been. And it's been almost five years because I started. And what's super oh. cool is I took my first pill. It was December 12th, 2018 at 12 o'clock. So it was 12, 12, 12, 12. Stop, really? I'm yes. a huge repeating numbers person. So really? Yes. Even today, being that this is the first recording I picked up my phone. It said eleven eleven, uh, and then right before you came, or as you're coming in, it was like one um, eleven. And I feel like those are constant signs from the universe, just like nudging you. You're you're in the right direction. So you think, and that you believe in that kind of stuff. A million percent. Okay, very yes. cool. Because I do too. And that's funny that you bring it up, because throughout COVID, I know that was a difficult time in a lot of people's lives. And what would happen is I'd wake up, and I would look at my phone, and nine eleven is what I would see all the time. Mm -hmm. And when there's something so traumatic that's in your life, as far as, oh my gosh, is the world actually ending? Like what is happening around us? It was so scary. Right. And you see that number. The only thing that was really triggering is I saw a post on Facebook. And I mean, I can't believe everything you see on Facebook, but (laughs) there was something along the lines of you see 9-11 very frequently and there's something bad that's going to happen in your life. And nothing bad happened. But every time you look at the clock and that's the only number that you saw in the morning and at the night, you don't know what else to expect. So that's funny that you mentioned that because I definitely am a number person as well, too. And I see that all the time. Yeah. It's crazy. I I know. And if there's a a specific number that keeps recurring a lot, like 222 is a big one for my husband and me. So I've looked at the meaning of those. Uh, From what I have researched, hold a bit of a different meaning. But overall, what I get is that it's affirmation from the universe that you are on the right path and that your guides are looking over you. There's biblical references to it too. Sure. I know a lot of people think it's just 
crazy and that's fine. But for me, it's such a inspiring, positive affirmation. So you bet. I, I definitely roll with it. Cool. That's so awesome. Do you ever pick apart your dreams? Yes. You know what I'm talking about? Like if you dream about something and you see people that you may not recognize or there are people in your life that may have passed or whatever it is and the situation doesn't seem right at all. Like you feel like you're at home, but you're definitely somewhere else. Yes. And like that's definitely something that I pick apart as well too. That's so crazy. Yeah. I think they speak to us in a lot of different ways and they either could be premonitions, metaphors, something, but there's a reason that we have them. I think it's pretty wild. Thank you so much for tuning into episode one, part one with Dee McLaughlin. Please tune in next week for part two, where Dee and I further discuss the issues surrounding the trans community with society at large. You won't want to miss it.